A white man? No! Welcome to the Unsub as a White Man. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. I waited until uh, Emily went to take a drink when I started. Uh, We're back with another Criminal Minds recap. Listen, we're both having a day. I'm just going to warn you right now. It's been a day. Um, The only thing getting me through it is the fact that we get to talk about this episode. This is a fantastic episode that I've been looking forward to discussing. Uh, We are talking about Our Darkest Hour, which originally aired May 26, 2010. And they do what they do when they have a great unsub, which is they don't hold back. You see them right from the opening moments. five minutes. Why would you hide them? I have so many good things to say. Plus, it's a hanger cliff, as one of our students used to say. Um, So it's going to push us into season six mm-hmm. we have so much to talk about yeah i'm so ready yes um this one uh starts off with an old dirty winnebago making like a road trip across grainy the country old movie kind of look yeah like, it's like the 1950s like route 66 kind yeah. of like footage <laughs> behind like you're it. watching like a reel to reel or something yeah. Um, but yeah, they're driving across the country and end up in Los Angeles where we learn that high temperatures are causing rolling blackouts because he's listening to the radio mm-hmm. and they're like mm-hmm. explaining it and everything. Um, so we see the unsub light a cigarette and watch the lights all go out in a house. He's like standing like above it. Yeah. The like house on is a like hill. down in a valley. Got like dirty fingernails on this like stubby yeah. little cigarette. Very gross. Um, but yeah, it's funny because he like lights the cigarette and then the lights go out and then he immediately stubs out the cigarette. <laughs> Which no like, smoke would do. Nobody would do that. I That's know, a waste of a cigarette. I know cigarettes weren't that expensive <laughs> in 2010, but still. Still. They weren't as expensive as they are now. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, no no smoker would waste a whole cigarette that way. No. But uh, it seems like a waste, but whatever. They're going to show us the unsub right off the bat. Yes. This is when you get to see his face, and it is Tim Curry yes. of Muppet Treasure Island yes. fame. You know, I <laughs> it's was, my favorite work yes, of his. It is amazing. <laughs> um, I once heard that Michael Caine and Tim Curry were the two best Muppet have you seen this meme? The two be- best Muppet guest stars because Michael Caine acts as a serious actor amongst other serious actors when he's with the Muppets and Tim Curry is just a Muppet oh, amongst Muppets. Muppets. <laughs> like, that makes sense. That is very spot on because those are the two best ones. They so are, yes. That would be why. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you've got Tim Curry, you, you want everyone to see Tim Curry. Yeah. And he's so, I mean, when's the last time you saw this evil of a Tim Curry? Hook? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. It's great, though. So good. Uh, Yeah, so the um, the BAU, we learn, um, or the people at the BAU, we learn that this couple... Oh, sorry, I missed a whole paragraph. It was yeah, like, wait, wait, a like, second, wait a second, this isn't making any sense. Because I have... Cut I that have, out, Nate. <laughs> I have notes on her. Okay. No. Okay, so the couple in the house are getting ready for bed. Yes, and in the, the blackout. Yes. She, what drove me crazy about this is she's going around lighting candles and he's walking behind her blowing <laughs> them out. Was like, is that what bothered you? What bothered me is that she's in a full, long, is, silk nightgown. Is night that not gown, what you wear to and bed? And he's wearing like a white undershirt and bumped. 
her shorts. This is, look, in every relationship, there's a reacher and a settler. She's obviously the settler and he's the reacher. Oh is, my that's God. just what rich white ladies wear to bed, right? Like, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been rich. Old pajamas. Yeah. I don't know. When we have pajama day at school, uh, I always just wear like leggings and a hoodie. And yeah. the kids are always like, why aren't, why aren't you wearing pajamas? And I was like... Because I can't wear those outside my, the house. My pajamas are a pair of sweatpants I've had for like 14 years. I don't wear those outside of my you house. You need a special pajama day set of pajamas that only come out for pajama day. That's I, what I did. I think about that every time we have a pajama day and never in between. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, the man wants to leave their window open because it's hot as balls outside. The wife is like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, it's the second story. She's like, okay, fine. I was like, yeah, that seems, yeah, that I seems guess. fair. I, I would still be nervous too, but I could uh, probably be talked into it. Yeah, they hear a loud banging coming from downstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the husband gets a fireplace poker and they go down the stairs to go check it out. And something else blows into the door when they're standing there. Mm. So they uh, they think it's just the wind. Yeah, like, oh, um, must have knocked, the wind knocked something over. Yeah, so they head back upstairs, and they're, they're like, like... immediately on high alert, though. I mean, like, I am too, but they're, like, baseball bat in hand, like, like, they live in some kind of high crime area or something. Right? Yeah. It seems like the kind of neighborhood where there isn't... Although, I was thinking back to the last time I watched this episode, mm-hmm. and I remember, like, watching it, and I was in my bedroom, and then... Later, I just heard a loud bang come from downstairs, and I was like, I'm going to die. This is how I die. And I just laid in bed Tim all Curry's night. Like, I like, didn't sleep at all because I was convinced I was going to die. And then I went downstairs, and I had had a book sitting on top of my lesson plan binder, mm-hmm. and it just slid off and hit the floor. And that's <laughs> what the bang was. But I was, like, terrified. <sighs> this time, however, I was watching it. Again, at night, while my kids' pet rats were just upstairs <laughs> banging around, making as much noise as possible. And I was like, this is, oh my God. Well, you should know no one could ever sneak in your house because the rats make too much noise. Yeah. Or they would just kill me immediately because I would be like, that's ah, the rats. <laughs> Didn't bother me nearly as much this day. You need to get your be- baseball bat out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they had it back upstairs. Um, they noticed that the window is closed. Hmm. The window that they just had a conversation about opening. Yeah. Which so doesn't why, seem like the wind. No. And like, if you were Tim Curry, why would you do Like, he wants to alert them to his presence, I guess. It's like a power thing. I guess he, he wants them to be scared. Well, it, it works. It works. Yeah. I'm scared for them immediately. Um, but yeah, they just, then just out of the door pops Tim Curry. And I'm like, first of all, did he climb in that window? Right, how'd he get in how the window? How did he get in a second story they window? They never tell us, do they? He does, he does not seem like a very athletic man. We didn't see him. No, not in this. Uh, and he, it, we don't see him, like, carrying a large ladder around. <laughs> just one of those extendable ladders. Yes. It's just, he's just Martin Short in the episode of Only Murders in the Building. <laughs> yeah. Like, a ladder will get you in anywhere. Uh, yeah. So um, he, like, beats, starts beating the husband, grabs the thing from him. He pulls out mm-hmm. a gun. Um, and then he just kind of turns ominously on the wife, and we don't really yeah, see it's what like happens. All in flashes, and there's like really gunshots. Know. You don't know what happened, but you can tell they're tied up. It's like very, um, excuse me, very like um, I'll be gone in the dark. It seems yeah. like Olive, yeah, yes. which so terrible. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, that was another uh, 
audiobook I regretted listening to. I watched the documentary, but I I can't listen to the book. I know. I listened to it when I was painting a set at the theater by myself in the dark. Every time the radiator would kick on, I would just start screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so now we go to the BAU. Yes. And we learn that... uh, both of the people in this couple were beaten. The wife was raped in front of the husband, and then they shot the husband. But she mm-hmm. was left alive. Yes. Which, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Um, so uh, she's, the only thing she says about him or had to say about him when she talked to the police was that her attacker was white and he had mean eyes and repulsive breath. Mm-hmm. And Rossi has a great line. Yeah, Rossi says, rotten from the inside <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, then the BAU is off to LA to investigate. And I think yes. it, I think that was the point where they mentioned that there was another couple that had both been found dead as well. There were two other people. They weren't a couple, but it was two two other two people. Women. Okay. Yeah. So then we get our first quote. Alfred Lord Tennyson wrote, "And out of the darkness came the hands that reached through nature, molding men." It says dark in it. So right. Yes. Uh, on the jet, the team determines that the unsub is way too organized to be new at this. And Prentice points out the inconsistency in the victimology. He's all over the place. Yeah. Which I love how every time they say that, which is frequently. Yeah. They're like every single episode. They're like, wow, this is really abnormal. Yeah. They're like, is it? Because like every, every case s- you get called in on. Yeah. Every that, case, that'll be our like, next serial, podcast. Serial killers never kill outside of their race. And then they're like, wow, this guy. Just this guy's all over the all place. Over the place. Victimology. <laughs> no, I'm telling that that'll be our next rewatch. Once we get through all 15 of these seasons, we'll go back, watch everything again, but we'll just mark ta- down every time <laughs> they say how unusual it is that the victimology is all over the place. Yes. Uh, so uh, Prentice and Morgan, oh, and, and on the plane, like I think Hotch does this thing where he like doles out all of the assignments and they all decide where to go. Yeah. But Prentice and Morgan are sent to meet with the detectives on the scene. There's uh, an old detective and a young detective. That old detective. He is grizzled. Yes. <laughs> he is weathered. Yes. It's very uh, Mickey Rourke post motorcycle accident. Yeah. There's I just. I don't know who that actor is. See somebody we should know? I don't think so. Because um, I feel like he's very memorable looking. Yeah. But. I don't know. But yeah, the young, I can't even remember his name. I just kept calling him the old detective. Yeah. Well, he's not important in this episode. Um, but the young one is Spicer. It's like Matt, I think. Matt Spicer. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They just keep calling him Spicer. Um, the detectives explain the rolling blackouts to them. Wait. Oh, wait, the chiseled guy was in the Goonies. He was one of the goons. Wait, what? He was Jake. <laughs> wait a minute. What? <laughs> right? Isn't that one of the bad guys? I think so. Yeah. I haven't watched that movie in a really long time. Well, now you have a reason to. Wow. And he's in a lot of other stuff that I have never heard of. Yeah. So many stuff. <laughs> he's been busy. No wonder he looks the way he does. He's tired. Yeah. Oh, The Expendables 3? <laughs> anyway. Uh, so Rossi and Reed go to talk to the wife, who we learn is restrained because she's tried to kill herself twice. And this has been like a day, right? Yes. So they're like, we're going to go in and further traumatize this it's woman. what they like to do, yeah. re-traumatize someone. This poor woman. She is very clearly heavily medicated. As you would, I would need to be completely right? sedated. Fine. Right. I get that. Yeah. Why are they talking to her? Why are they what even are bothering? What are they going to get out of it? Yeah. Yeah. I know. 
<sighs> she says that she shut her eyes before her husband was shot, and that was the last thing he saw was her closing her eyes so she wouldn't have to see. And every time she closes her eyes, she sees the guy and yeah. just is like, why didn't he kill me? And Reed and Rossi are like, they're very quiet. You rest now. Yeah. <laughs> nothing out of this they have nothing comforting to say for this woman it was a real good exercise for everyone involved yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes so and why would they send two men to talk to her after everything she's been through right like they do this all the time why not send jj and prentice this woman has been through enough she's been violently assaulted and raped and watched her husband be killed the hands of a man and they're like we're gonna send Two of the least personable people we have. Yeah. I mean, they might as well have sent Hotch, right? Like, yeah. what are they going to get out of this? They're like, I know you've been through a lot, but yeah. we've got things to do. I mean, it's so crazy. <laughs> It'd be really helpful if you could recount every minute yeah. of this horrible mm-hmm. experience you've Close been your through. eyes and picture exactly what happened to yeah. you. <sighs> yep. So, <laughs> uh-huh. JJ and Reed asked Garcia to look outside of LA for uh, other similar crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Tim walking down a dark street and he's wearing like this, like cut off vest, like denim vest. It's a look. (laughs) It really is. Um, he just looks like he hasn't showered in like seven months. It's pretty gross. (laughs) It is. Um, and Hotch asks where the next blackout is scheduled for, because they're going to keep doing these. Right. Because the other option is all the the power in the the city city. goes out and then the whole city. Yeah. And that's worse. Yes. At least they know, like, where to patrol if they keep doing the planned blackouts. Yeah. So we see a woman pull up at her house. Mm-hmm. I was so mad at this woman. <laughs> yes. She arrives at home. Uh-huh. The garage door won't open because the, the power is out, yeah. obviously. So she goes up to the door. She unlocks the door, but does not open the door. She goes. She, she opens it a little. It's, like, slightly ajar. Does she, okay, yeah. I did not see her do that, which yes. is why this enraged yeah. me. Yeah, because I was like, even more. Like, why? Why would you do that? Yeah. Because you have kids. I have a kid. They're like, oh, well, she's going back to the car to get her kids, yeah. so she had to go unlock the door first. No, you do not. You do not have to do that. I have walked into the house with, like, diaper bag and grocery bags. And I did think it was kid. weird that she went and unlocked the door first. Yes. It's like, no, and you, like, can, you carried, can carry like, the sleeping And, like, an open kid. cup of coffee and, like, <laughs> also reached down and opened the front door. Yeah. But whatever. She goes. She unlocks the door. She goes back, gets the kid out of the car because he's sleeping. She wants to carry him in. Um, carries him back and... Uh, the door's all the, the door's way open. The door's all the way open. And, and I then, didn't see her leave it a little bit ajar. So I was like, I would never walk into that house. I wouldn't ever walk into that house even if... I know I had left it a little. One time I got home. when We didn't live in this house, but we lived in another house. I've probably told this story to you before. Where if you turned the handle and tried to pull the door closed, it didn't always catch. And so yeah. you had to be careful. And I got home. Nate wasn't home. The door was ajar. Not a ton, but enough. And I didn't go inside the house. I called him. I was like, I do not care where you are. I'm going to stand on the sidewalk away from the house until you get home and we go in this house together. Because I know there's a logical reason why the door could be ajar, but there could also be someone waiting inside for me. Yeah. If I had my kid with me, we would get in the car and just drive to a hotel or somewhere else. Yeah, my back door, if you don't pull it tight, like really hard, Mm. it doesn't always catch. Yeah. Like same deal. And that same thing happened. One of my kids just didn't shut the door enough when we left and I got home and the back door was just wide open. And I was like, 
I'm not going in this house. No. <laughs> no. Wouldn't do it. No. Of course, there was no one in my house. Right. It there was, was no fine, one in my house either. But yeah, she just she just walks just goes in and she's like, huh. She's like, huh. Oh, that's well. odd. And, and it's these, not windy that we've no, noticed. And these, right. It's like 99 degrees stagnant humidity. And like you see her, like she comes up to the door, sees that it's open and she stops. Yeah. Like she notices that it's weird. Mm-hmm. And then she goes in anyway. Yeah. And we know that these blackouts are from like midnight to 3 a.m. Yeah. So it's not like it's eight or something and you're just getting home. It's late and your door is ajar. No. Yeah. You had your back turned. At least, like, go to a neighbor's house or something. Right. And be like, hey. Will you come in here with can me? You? <laughs> Which is what I did. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, I went to the nice old man across the street, and I was like, excuse me, will you just come in my house with me for a minute? And he was like, of course. And he was like, do you need me to get my gun? And I was like, I don't think that's probably necessary. Probably not. <laughs> I am probably being an idiot. <laughs> but uh, that's also why you're still alive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the woman we learned the next day, Annie is dead, but her son has been left alive. Almost worse. Not worse, but but still. Yeah. Uh, horrible in an equally awful way. Uh, so JJ talks to the press, says that they're doing everything that they can, but the city is going to continue the blackouts as they should. Yes. Um, and Hotch asks Garcia to look into other clusters of invasions during rolling blackouts. And we're like, she's already looking for this. Why yeah, are it, you asking her to do the same thing again? But he like says it like it's a new request. Yeah. Well, it didn't come from him last time. So yeah. Uh, Tim left a message this time. Oh my God. It says, hello there on the wall. Mm-hmm. And I would be lying if my brain didn't automatically go General Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> But it did. Uh, But he spelled there without an E. And Uh they're like, he must be uneducated. And I'm like, he spelled hello. Just use the wrong there. Yeah. It would have made more sense if you used the wrong. It is a spelling mistake that not even, I teach first graders how to spell this word. That is not the mistake that people make when they're learning to spell there. Like if you're uneducated. They don't know which one to use. Yeah. And you do, or even if you don't, like if you only know there's one there and you want to spell T-H-E-R-E, it doesn't sound like T-H-E-R. That's not the sound E-R makes. So when yeah. people start learning to spell it, they're more likely to spell it T-H-A-R, like thar. Yeah. Right? Because they're stretching the word out in their head. This kind of bullshit in this show is like people who've never met a child. And also, we see this man reading newspapers all the right. time. Like, yep. he reads a lot. Mm-hmm. He would know how to spell there because mm-hmm. he's seen the word a whole bunch. Right. Those are the right. words this you know how to spell. This is not the way spell. to make him look uneducated. Right. Like I said, you're six when you learn how to spell that word. Is he uneducated yeah. to the point that he's never been to any school? He drives a car. He would have had to have passed a driver's license exam at some point. Yeah. But he's misspelling there. <laughs> No. In a way that makes no, no sense. sense. <laughs> so the only thing that would make sense is if he used the wrong there. How, how did he pass the driver's lessons exam? You have to read the questions. I don't know. <laughs> it's so aggravating. It I, I hated it so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then uh, Morgan and the handsome detective go to talk to the kid, Carter, who Which, says... Why isn't this kid in a hospital like... You know, like with a psychiatrist of some sort. A social like, worker. Yeah, he's something. like with these two jokers. <laughs> okay. 
Carter says that the man put him in the closet and that the mom told him to close his eyes. Mm -hmm. And he said that he did like this and like shows him how he covered his eyes. Yeah, used his hands to cover his eyes. Um, He says that when the man left, he hid under the bed because he didn't want to leave his mom, which is so sad. I did not remember this part with the the whole kid thing part of this. Um, Morgan says that he's glad that the kid didn't see anything. And the detective says if he was covering his eyes, he couldn't cover his ears. Yes. And you're like, oh no. Oh God. <laughs> this kid. Oh my God. Like what an appalling thought. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, but yeah, then, uh, we get our profile. Wow. Do we get our profile? This is the first profile maybe ever that I have that is longer than a page. It also doesn't give us any tangible information to find him. <laughs> it sure doesn't. None. But we get a lot of uh, like psychobabble about him for sure, about yeah. his motivations. Forcing a child to witness this is clearly sadistic. He destroyed the boy's innocence and took away his childhood. This probably mirrors the unsub's own experience. And someone says, that's an excuse for what he's doing. There's no excuse for what he's doing. We're not justifying anything. Everything he says, everything he does, tells us what makes him tick. That's all. The message he left us was misspelled, which means that he is not well-educated. Someone asks, why did he leave one now? We don't know. Yet. Just because his recent attacks are in Los Angeles doesn't mean he's from here. Killing in the dark is a must for him. We believe that's why he's come to L.A. That and his willingness to kill random people tells us he's an opportunistic offender, and these types are incredibly difficult to predict. And as you all know, these rolling blackouts have been announced so the residents can prepare for a few hours of darkness. Unfortunately, that also tells the killer whose windows will be open and whose alarms will be disarmed. The dark is his signature. It's a habit. And we will find that he's always killed this way. Someone else says, because he's a coward. There's lots of like interjections yeah, they, from these, the peanut gallery. This here. group has a lot to say. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> they do they have a, don't? <laughs> yeah, like, did they have like a certain number of like SAG card carriers in this that like had to have a, a speaking light? <laughs> Not just extras. To some degree, yes. He also has intimacy issues. He even turns photographs away from himself. It is unlikely that a man like this has been in any kind of relationship. There's also a good chance that he has some type of shortcoming. Whether real or perceived, he's obviously self-conscious about something. Like what? Could be a physical deformity. It might be something really small to us, but it means everything to him. People just want to fit in. Having one thing that sets him apart from the norm could be what led him into the extreme solitude of a violent schizoid personality. He takes his victim's power away, literally and figuratively, and he feeds off of making them powerless. The the grizzled-looking guy uh, says, we had rolling blackouts all last summer and this guy wasn't around, and their great response is, well, he is now. (laughs) And based on the vicious nature of his crimes, the press has named him the Prince of Darkness. Prince will fuel his ego. He's going to be all over the news. Once we unravel his need for darkness, we'll find him. So again, they there's nothing here to tell you where to look or how to look for him other no. than go to where it is dark in the nighttime. It's like he's a mean guy who probably had a bad childhood. <laughs> and he, he likes killing in the dark. So in this giant, giant city of rolling blackouts, go there to where if the anything, lights are off. This should teach you about why you shouldn't have enormous cities like this. Yes. <laughs> Don't live in the city. Right? Don't live in the city. It's a this, terrible place. And that one really bad M. Night Shyamalan movie where, uh, oh no, that was the opposite. Wasn't there one where being out in the nature killed you? 
or was it being around the people that killed you? Mm, I There's don't know. a lot of bad M. Night Shyamalan movies that doesn't narrow it down. It's true. Anyway. I must have missed that one. <laughs> one of the most pointless profiles ever. Yeah. Uh, so Spicer takes the kid to his aunt and uncle's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carter asks why his mom tried to fight the man even though he had a gun. And he tells Carter that he just wanted to keep him safe and promises him that he'll find the man who killed his mom. He tells Carter, uh, he like doesn't, or tells Morgan he doesn't want to like continue to traumatize him by keeping, like continuing to talk to him. And Morgan's like, but we have to. Yeah. And uh, he tells Morgan that his parents died in a car accident when he was a child and he's pictured it like a million times and it was a really traumatic event for him and everything. And Morgan's like, yeah, well, uh, my dad was shot in front of me. And I'm like, okay, Morgan, you're just going to one up this guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is, this is not the way any of this is like, we're all shaped by the good and bad people in our lives. That's why we're both cops. And you're like, okay, well, like I bet not every cop has had their parent killed in front of them. So all of them, Everyone. every single cop. <laughs> Every one of them. Uh, so then we see Tim smoking a cigarette and reading newspaper articles about himself. He's got like gross teeth. Yeah. And, and you're like, is that his shortcoming? He's like licking bullets. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Is this the part where he's doing a drug of some sort? I assume Maybe. it's crack. There's a pipe. It's a crack pipe. Again, know. we're not the drug people. <laughs> a meth pipe? <laughs> do you do, do, you do, do a, a meth pipe? pipe? I don't know. I think they do because uh, when I remember when we were watching Breaking Bad, I think mm. there's one part where he's like smoking meth, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't know you could smoke it." <laughs> <laughs> do you like chew it up? And I don't swallow know. It? I thought you just snorted it. Uh, I don't. Know. I don't know. No, it's I like chewing tobacco. You snort it in your gums. <laughs> Look, if we go on be, uh, beyond weed or cocaine, I have no <laughs> valuable information for you. Like I have seen Scarface, so I know what it looks like to do cocaine. (laughs) He's smoking some sort of drug out of a gross pipe. Yeah. Uh, So then Garcia tells them that she has found 26 years worth of murders during blackouts. All across the country. All across the whole country. Uh Uh-huh. This being the first time he's returned to a city. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. To which I now wonder where I, I like he's like robbing people and stuff but yeah. is he making enough money to have supported himself I, for I mean, 26 years his his rv's not that nice that's true gas hadn't gotten that expensive <laughs> yet it and was still like a dollar 79 like a camping in three places and he's not going to any dental appointments i'll tell you that much so he's saving some money there that's true how much does crack cost right? i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> anyway i feel like he'd be Never mind. I don't want to make any generalizations about people that smoke crack because I really don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, Tim loads his gun. Oh, this is the part where he's like licking the bullets. Yes, yes, yes. This is the part where he's doing the yeah. smoking the pipe. And yeah. he smiles and he's got his like nasty, terrible teeth and mm. everything. And then he just heads off to his next hunting ground. Yes. Just walks off. Follows the next bl- to blackout. Yeah. Has he been smoking pipe or smoking pipe? <laughs> <laughs> So good at drugs. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, has he been smoking crack for twenty six years? That's so much crack. It seems like a really long time. Like there would be ways to die. I feel like smoking. if I smoke crack one time, I would die. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. Maybe like his crimes, his drug use is also 
spiraled out of control. I don't know. I, he's I'm portrayed sorry. as a very heavy drug user, though. And then they talk about how long he's been committing crime. So I was just like... Wouldn't your brain just be mush? Right. How is he like following through on a plan or like driving a car and not wrecking it? I don't know. They're like, he's so organized. Yeah. He's driving a Winnebago. He's driving a Winnebago <laughs> and he's high on crack. Those are huge. How? How is How's he, he parallel parking that thing? How, he, how did he know he was even back in the same city? Like, I, there's a lot of questions here. Uh. I'm sorry. My toddler has been coughing in my face for like three <laughs> weeks and now I have a horrible cough. Yeah. Uh, so at the most recent crime scene, because he's clearly killed somebody again, mm. we learn that the only person he left alive was a baby yeah. and Spicer is horrified by that. Mm. But like, wouldn't it be worse if he killed the baby? Yes. And isn't it worse to leave like an eight year old child yes. alive? Because the that baby child won't know. will remember. Yeah. The baby won't the baby have won't any know. idea what yeah. happened. I mean, it's sad, but, but it's, he's, it's not as traumatizing for me. But he's, like, far more appalled by this than yeah. the situation with the little boy, which I didn't understand. Right, yeah. I don't know. Uh, they really skim over this whole last crime here. Like, yeah. They've got more important things to talk about, and time is taking on this episode. Yeah. Um, so the uh, older detective realizes that the unsub's first murders happened when he first started as a cop. And then they realize that Spicer's parents were also victims of the Prince of Darkness, which is what they're calling him now, which is, yes. uh -huh. wow. Yep. Uh, and he's like, no, my parents died in a drunk driving car accident. And they're like, no, their names are right here in yeah. this police report. Mm. Like, he has never he's looked never into looked the death up. of his parents. He is a cop. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, fuck off. Yeah. This is, <laughs> I know. It this is absurd. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So Morgan, of course, wants to do a cognitive interview because, right. of course, repressed memory therapy is notoriously right. reliable when you're talking about something that happened 26 yep, years yep. ago. And any chance they get to re-traumatize someone, they're going to take yeah. it. Yeah. So Morgan asks him a series of very leading questions. Oh, my God. And it's so dumb. Like, he's just says, He's like, all right, now close your eyes. What do you smell? Yeah. Are the windows open? What do you feel coming through the open windows? Is it Tim like, Curry? <laughs> He's like, it was July and it He's was like, hot. like, I smell curry, yeah. not the food. <laughs> Tim Curry. And he hasn't taken a shower. He's just smoking some sort of drug out of a pipe, but I'm not good at drugs, so I don't know which one. Yeah. I just, the, the amount of detail that he immediately remembers from these very vague Well, he's never thought about it before. But, you know, like. It, it's not how memory works. This it's is just. Not, especially if, because he has spent the last 26 years imagining for himself recreating a memory yeah in which his parents were killed in a car accident right that would be so that real to fake him. memory mm -hmm. would be much more real yeah. in your brain than the actual memory that mm -hmm. you have not thought about in 26 years like yeah. this is not how brains work this is not how memory works. no it is because he remembers everything <laughs> yes he remembers smelling the ocean mm -hmm. his mother's perfume and cigarettes which is weird because no one in his house smokes and then he remembers a scary british man saying hello there to him <laughs> the same message they saw on the wall ah. and he could tell by the way he was saying it that he and didn't after know how to spell 26 it. years of all that crack he remembers exactly what he said to that <laughs> boy <laughs> i don't remember things i said yesterday right? to people i know um 
but yeah, he dragged, remembered Spicer, like Spicer remembers being dragged to the closet and then having his uh, father be shot and his mother assaulted. And he's in there with his baby with sister. With his baby sister, Which yeah. we didn't know he had a sibling up until this point. Yes. Um, it becomes very relevant. Yeah. Shortly. Yeah. Though no one cares to yeah. think about her for a moment. So the team tells Spicer that Tim thinks he created him as the city's hero and that the papers have noted his past in the stories. And none of that ever came up <laughs> for Spicer. Apparently not. The, they're literally writing it in articles yeah. about him. And he's never been like, he's never Wait looked a minute, at my parents were he murdered? Does, he doesn't look at that stuff. <laughs> they like make a point of him saying he hasn't read the papers. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Hotch is like, hey, Spicer, is that, that photo on your desk? Is that your daughter? And where is she? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. And he's like, we wasted all this time doing this cognitive interview. They knew in the police report, at least, that there was a sister left alive. Yes. With him. They don't ask about that sister? Immediately? No. Don't immediately send anybody to go find her? Yeah. They're when like, you- oh, so... This guy knows who you are specifically. He's yeah. targeting you specifically. Yeah. Where is all of your family? Right. <laughs> Give us a list of people who are important to you mm-hmm. that we should go check on. But no, they're going to waste time doing this one-on-one interview. I mean, it's only him and Morgan in the room. What the hell is everyone else doing? They're just waiting, waiting. outside the room? They're just watching. Through. They can't talk because <laughs> we're not blinds. with them. They can't say anything. We're not there. <laughs> they all just sit there and <laughs> stare. It's like in uh, Parks and Rec with the the congressman yes. that they are is like it's gonna be a hot one out yes. there and then stares at the wall that's the whole team yes uh, uh. so anyway spicer says that his daughter is at his house with his sister yep. oh no so tim walks right past their unlocked gate <laughs> he just pushes it open yeah doesn't even reach over and you know how those like yeah. fences you yeah, can just reach like over latch. and unlock it nope because like my ex's parents had a pool and, like, when I would take the kids over to go swimming, we would walk over and, like, just walk around the back and yeah. flip up the thing. It's not hard. But this lock, this one is just not even locked yeah. at well, all. I mean, why bother? Just pushes it open. He shuts off the power to their house mm-hmm. using an outdoor breaker box. Yep, like you have. It, I'm sorry, is yours not outside <laughs> where anyone can access it? <laughs> That's what I not was like. Locked or- have you, is this, like, is it a regional thing? Like, if you had an outdoor breaker box where we lived, it would explode it's because right. it rains all the time, right? Yes, <laughs> like, rains and snows and sleets and the weather is generally terrible. I was like, what is happening here? So um, if you have ever seen an outdoor breaker box, please let us know because this was nonsense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. So he walks in and sees that Spicer is calling a cell phone that's sitting on the counter mm-hmm. and smiles ominously. Yes. Uh, So Spicer and Morgan then arrive at the house and find everyone seemingly gone and a newspaper left on the bed. So Morgan calls Hotch and Prentice. They all decide to head to Spicer's sister's place, even though Morgan's like, I don't know. I think he'd take him somewhere more meaningful, like the old house in Santa Monica. Uh, Prentice and Hotch get stuck in traffic. Spicer and Morgan get there first. And Kristen's husband, the sister, uh, Mm. he's dead on the floor. Yeah. Uh, Morgan opens the door to the bedroom. They like go in separately. Like one yeah, goes to the back yeah. and the front. Because um, they're not waiting for backup. No, they don't, there's no time for that. Mm. Uh, Morgan opens the door and finds Ellie and Kristen tied up on the bed. And Tim Curry knocks Morgan out. I don't believe that he is strong enough to knock Morgan out. I don't either. And I don't believe that Morgan <laughs> is dumb enough to walk to see them and walk all the way into the room and leave himself vulnerable in that way. That's yeah. bullshit. Yes. He would never do that. 
Uh, but he, yeah, he manages to knock Morgan out and tie him up before Spicer makes it to the bedroom. How, right. how large is this house? It can't be that big. It's not like it's like a Malibu mansion. Right. Like where some famous person lives. This yeah. is probably like a two bedroom condo. Right. <laughs> it does not make any sense to me. Yeah. Uh, so Spicer pulls the gun, his gun on Tim, who is holding Ellie mm-hmm. with the, with, you know, has a gun on her. Morgan is like just taunting Tim and calling him yeah. a coward and like just keeps yelling at him. And he's like, he doesn't hurt children. You got to use psychology on this guy. Yeah. Spicer won't uh, listen to anything Morgan no. says. Which, I mean, how, you're not going to listen to anybody when somebody is holding a gun on your kid. Right. You're going to do whatever that person tells you to do. Yeah. Uh, he drops his gun to save Ellie. Tim taunts Spicer and Kristen, and Spicer tries to attack him, but Tim is somehow stronger than him, too. Again, I don't believe that this man is, like, working out. And we know he's as high as a kite. Yeah. We just watched him get a high. Yeah. Uh, so Tim holds the gun to his heart. Spicer asks Morgan to promise him that Ellie and Kristen will be okay. Morgan promises him and Tim shoots Spicer just right in front of his daughter and his Mm. sister. None of it makes any sense. And like Morgan doesn't do anything besides the... Well, he's tied up. (laughs) He could leg tackle that man. We've seen him do more with less in other situations and he... Just lays there like Tim Curry is the Hulk. Honestly, like, yeah, it's it's Tim Curry and Shamar Moore. <laughs> like, Shamar, Shamar Moore, Moore could be literally unconscious and still be Tim Curry in a yeah. fight. <laughs> and he just, he j- I don't know, he just acts like he's so disoriented from this bop on the head. Like, come on. Yeah. And it's like he hit him like one time and then he tied him up. I can't even imagine he tied him up very effectively in the amount of time that he had to tie him up. Right. It also doesn't make sense to me. Why Tim Curry would only kill Matt Spicer and not kill the sister when he left both of them alive originally. Why wouldn't you kill both of them to prove your point yeah. and leave the little girl with no one like he always leaves the kids with no one? No, because he takes the girl with him. Right. right yes. Right. yes. He sniffs her hair and says she's special and then takes her with him. Yes. And, and Morgan just sits there. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. No end quote. Nothing. Nothing. Just a just a hanger cliff for season six. <sighs> so yeah, it, it's a great episode. It, it is. really. I is. didn't notice. It's so good that like you don't notice the silly bullshit, right? Until you're if until you're watching it, multiple it times. for the silly bullshit, right? Which right. is what we're doing. Yeah, now. yeah. The, I mean, the first time I saw this, I was enthralled. Yeah. I mean, I still was a little bit like just writing, typing into my Google Doc the like episode number and title and air date. I was like, <laughs> like giddy, yeah, ready to watch this episode. And I'm I'm so excited to start the next season and see it all get wrapped up. Yeah. Um. So it's good. And I mean, Tim Curry, arguably one of the best guest stars they've ever had. Yes. He's just so good at everything he does because he's always in 100%. Like it doesn't matter how ridiculous he is or how ridiculous the material handed to him is. No, he's going to be awesome with it. Yes. It's an award-winning performance, even if it's Muppet Treasure Island or two-episode arc (laughs) on Criminal Minds in 2010. Arguably... Equally ridiculous. (laughs) I'd say even more ridiculous than Muppet Treasure Island. The budget for Muppet Treasure Island was bigger than this, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, So yeah, just just so good all around. Though, if you had to score this profile on a scale of 1 to 10 as far as accuracy, plausibility, Oh, the profile's terrible. It's like a zero, right? Well, and we don't... I mean, I'll give it like a two, I guess. We don't know... 
We don't know yet. You're right. We have to wait yeah. until, Because yeah. we don't know enough about him yet. Because all of that was, like, his motivation and why he does the stuff yeah. that he does. But we, we don't, don't know any of that. know yet. anything about him at All this we point. know is that there's nothing there to help us find him. So I already know it's bad. Yeah. They're not... They, we didn't even get, like, he's a white man between this and this age. Just... No. He's bad at sex and maybe has a physical deformity. Yeah. So... Look and out physical, for that. Physical, physical deformity is that he's British. Yes. <laughs> I do love that nobody, none of the witnesses that they talk to, remember him being British. Well, <laughs> because Tim Curry has that je ne sais quoi that makes him like beyond an accent. Yeah. He like, just wouldn't is. that be a thing that yeah, you would think you would remember? I feel like remember? I would remember. Like, yeah. You might not remember what someone looked like, but mm. you would remember like he didn't speak like like with an American accent. Even yeah. if you couldn't place the accent, you would remember that. Yeah, that's very true. Nobody points that out, though. Mm-hmm. Like, not even the kid. Not even the kid saying, like, he talked funny. Yeah. Which I feel like is a thing a kid would point out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't covering his ears. Well, the next episode is The Longest Night. Yes. Which I'm equally as excited. I might be even more excited about the second half. I know, because honestly, time. I don't, remember the details of how this one wraps up so i am excited to watch it i remember this part Mm -hmm. like the first one i remembered all of like most of this not all of it but yeah yeah it's it's gonna be good well wherever you're listening be sure to leave a five-star review you can find us on instagram at the unsub is a white man we're on tiktok under the same name our merch is on redbubble if you buy any make sure you tag us we'll share you to our stories our theme music is composed and performed by nate youngblood and the podcast is produced by nate youngblood thanks nate and until next week hello there <laughs>